Welcome to Wine and Wingspan, a weekly podcast where your new book besties, Jess and Joe, review their favorite and least favorite reads over a bottle of the good stuff. We're here to have a good time and certainly don't want to ruin yours, so please check the title and trigger warnings so nothing is spoiled. You may find that your opinion differs from ours, and we want to hear about it. So follow us on social media and let your voice be heard in our comments. Without further ado, cheers! Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of Wine and Wingspan. We are your hosts, Joe and Jess, and every week we come on here and talk about our silly little fairy smut books. And this week we don't have a silly little fairy smut book. We have a silly little historical fiction romance. Kind of. Not really. It's like... not really it's like kind of historical in that it takes place in a distant past that doesn't exist but not like in a high fantasy way it's divine rivals (laughs) i'm just gonna say it um it is the the man the myth the legend of a book so hyped on book talk and bookstagram like this series has gotten so much internet hype and is yeah, it overhyped? Really I don't know. I guess we're going to talk about that and answer that question in today's podcast. But um, we'll say, Jess, for those who are watching, how beautiful the cover is! It's just—I uh, will say this is one of my favorite covers. Like the colors, the scheme, everything, the typeface, the font—it's beautiful. All that stuff. I, the whole I think book it's is very really beautiful. pretty. The um the printing of like the letters inside the book and everything was stunning, and yes. I just knows this about me. I am not a hardcover girl. I freaking hate hardcovers. I have so many hardbacks now, and I hate them. I'm a paperback girl, but <laughs> the hardcovers of these books, like the actual physical book with the typewriter, for both Divine Rivals yeah. and Ruthless Vows, are beautiful. Very stunning. So, Do you have the white Ruthless Vows or the dark colored one? I have the white the, one. See, I have the dark. And yeah, my cover, is so this stunning. is my inlay. But my cover is this. Mm. That's amazing. Mine is a typewriter. It says Dear Roman on it instead of Dear Iris. Oh. Yeah. I will say, whoever's team did me. this did a very good job at the cover art. And the whole book design. Because I feel like we've seen a lot of, like, cool book designs. You know, the whole sprayed edges and everything that are just, like, or, listen, you know, I love throwing a glass. But those damn book covers are the ugliest book covers I think I've ever seen. Especially, like, the OG ones with the chick on it. Ooh, mm-hmm. That ain't that ain't our Alan. I don't know I love is, the new ones. I the new ones are the better. Ones. But the, the originals were rough. Like, I'd be embarrassed I to read have that in public. OG. My one OG up here. <laughs> but these are very beautiful, so props to that team, whoever does that. Yeah, the printing was done really well. My Ruthless Vows does yeah. have um, a small bit of damage to it, but I think that has more to do with the bookstore than the printer. It's like some page damage. Um, mm. But I will say the Divine Rivals and Ruthless Vows um, launches were just as successful as the iron flame or cc3 i tried Mm -hmm. to get my hands on ruthless vows for weeks before i finally came across a copy actually didn't get a copy until um we were 
at the CC3 release, and then I finally yeah. got my copy. Couldn't find one anywhere. There was not a copy yeah. in the state of Missouri available. Um, I for did my pre-order through Barnes and Noble, so I went and picked mine up from Barnes and Noble on release day. Because I, but only because I pre-ordered it. Otherwise, yeah. I don't think I would have gotten one. And they told me that they, when I went and picked mine up, that they were like, "Yeah, I don't even think we have any out there." And I picked mine up yeah. in the morning. So all that to say, this, the launch of these books was seriously successful. So congrats to Rebecca Ross. The the books mm-hmm. were sold out everywhere. Yet, mm. even then, as we saw with a lot of sold-out releases like Iron Flame, where then the reprints of Fourth Wing and Iron Flame with the sprayed edges were done so shittily, literally flaking off the page, these special editions are done really well. So props to her yeah. team, because they're well-done special editions that aren't falling the fuck apart, which we can appreciate. Yeah, yeah no <laughs> so. kidding. These are very very beautiful i'm like kind of looking through it sometimes i like jump into the book so fast that i don't get to really enjoy that part of it too mm-hmm. yeah there was very... a lot of things in the design of the book that i really appreciated the aesthetic the aesthetic of the book really matched the aesthetic of the actual story because the story was yes. so beautifully aesthetic um, yes and rebecca ross has a very wonderful way of painting a picture and so the books are beautiful to match that it's very contrasting to the story itself (laughs) but but yeah you know so what's actually really funny in divine rivals her um dedication is to the girl who wrote uh what the river knows the egyptian book that i love what the river knows they're besties they wrote their dedications to each other I love how fun that. is that we love a book bestie we do love that that's how we're I thought here that was fun too. <laughs> it's like a little if you don't know you don't know i love that um yeah. i quickly i want to grab a few things and do a quick side segment um i went to a book book fair and i was going to show all of my book haul. oh yeah let's see it okay i think this is everything I, so I went to um, an adult book fair. There was booze. It was awesome. Um, and Sounds amazing. At, it was amazing. Um, you know, actually, it was a little underwhelming at times. I'm not going to lie to you because um, there was just not enough books for a book fair. But I did get some books. Some books I've had my eye on for a while. Um, and also just, yeah, just some fun books. There was a, I'll put the name of the bookstore on the screen if I remember to do it but I told myself I was gonna buy a book and then I left with five so (laughs) so um I did grab a copy of City of Bones Mm. this is on my TBR for this year um because I'm going to Bookish Babes Retreat in Van Texas and there are gonna be some cosplayers from this series I think I read the first one like forever ago um and did that become then, a tv show uh, or is that mortal it, instruments that i'm thinking about that this is the uh, the mortal instruments series so, so i think yes. it did i think it's netflix yeah so i wanted to I watch the shadow hunters or watch read the shadow hunter series so that i understood her cosplay um because i don't want to be out of the know so <laughs> got that one um <laughs> 
I picked up another book that I... Okay, guys, I'm a sucker for a werewolf romance. They are my guilty pleasure. And every single time I have walked by this book in Barnes & Noble, I have wanted to buy it and I've talked myself out of it. And so the owner of this indie bookstore that was running this stall was like, you have to buy it. It's really good. So I picked up Wolf Song by TJ Klune. The cover is just really interesting. Um, And it's like an alpha you know romance which i just i'm sorry i love i love a werewolf (laughs) i can't help it um wait were you team jacob or team edward (sighs) oh i think at the time i was team edward like through i think through twilight i was team edward and then when it got to new moon i was like team jacob all the way till the end (laughs) And then I, I was mortified when Renesmee happened. <laughs> totally mortified. Um, so yeah, I got Wolf Song. I, I do really do love um, those like corny werewolf um, like videos on Facebook and stuff. It's horrifying. Um, I also got a book I have never seen, um, and it was The Night Hunt by Alexandra mm. Christo. Um, and it is giving me Crescent City vibes. Um, there's like angels and monsters and the gods and there's like a court where they're held to account and it just sounds really interesting. So, um, I picked this one up purely based on this cool ass cover. I mean, this is a cool cover. Um, and then read the back and I was immediately like this... And it's pretty short, so I thought that would be a good pick. Um, also had to pick up the prequel to, um, uh, what was it called? Legends and Lattes. I freaking love that book. It's so cozy and wonderful. Mm-hmm. So had to pick this up. I'm in a bit of a reading slump right now. I read Crescent City 3 and then Kingdom of Ash literally the next day. And then Divine Rivals. So these cozy, like, no th- head empty, no thought books are, like, really great. For that <laughs> yeah i don't know if i can do another one after <laughs> honestly um the last book i picked up this one i thought looked really interesting it's kind of heavy first of all the flop on these books but it's called the tidings of misfits by <gasps> jordan Duckdale. i've seen that isn't the cover absolutely beautiful a local indie author in kansas city um so i had to pick it up from her booth and she signed it which was really cool um also a fellow jordan i wonder if i I saw that at the under the cover place probably that's because i feel like i've seen that cover before and i wonder if it was at under the cover because they do all those indie authors yes Probably. I also loved all the chapter headings have a dragon, which was really cool. There was just a lot of really, really cool little things. This one is basically a D&D campaign um, in a book, which as soon as you say that, I'm going to have to buy it. So I immediately had to buy it. Um, and it's it's going to be interesting. And I just am really into like a book about gods right now. So... Divine Rivals has gotten into me. So anyway, those that's my haul from my little book boozy book fair. The drinks got to me, and then I bought four more than I was supposed to. So <laughs> that's, that's still it. not bad. 
That's no. that's not bad. Do you remember it's after fine. the Renaissance Fair in Kansas City, how many books I left Barnes and Noble with that day? There I was like, like seventeen out in I the feel Barnes like. and Noble. And, I just yeah, remember the, I was holding them. The heat got to us. <laughs> heat stroke. That's what it was. Yeah, just left with like at least a thousand books. It was insane of every genre you can imagine. I sp- it was like I think I spent two hundred dollars. Yeah, it was crazy. It was like Egyptology, Greek, whatever, two romance books, a fantasy. Like it was like so crazy. <laughs> Listen, we're book girlies. Uh, we're gonna buy three hundred dollars over the budget of books. Okay, that's what we do. It could be crack. As we were leaving oh the God. book thing, no kidding. Um, there was a sign that exactly. said it could be worse. You could be addicted to cocaine. And I was like, true. As I was carrying my hugely heavy exactly. bag of books. <laughs> All right. That's funny. <sighs> Divine Rivals. <laughs> I feel like you have such big thoughts. <laughs> I really have huge thoughts. I wrote so much down that I was uh, angry about. Um, so okay, let's just let's just start with what it's about. Uh, by the way, huge divine rival spoilers. We're, this is going to be spoiler full. Um, I haven't read Ruthless Vows. Jess has, so there are probably going to be times when Jess is not going to be quiet when I say something because I haven't finished Ruthless Vows yet. So. We'll talk about Ruthless Vows next week, but just keep that in mind, okay? Don't comment spoilers. I might not be done. Um, so, Jess, just walk us through the plot of the first book that you, as you can remember it. Mm. Mm. Um, so, basically, you have your main character, who is Iris Winnow. Iris Elizabeth Winnow. Her middle name is important later. But... Um, and then Roman Carver Kit. And so they both come from very different lives. Iris is very poor. Roman's very rich. Um, but they're both writers. And so a little bit of backstory is I got very World War II vibes. Like I imagined mm-hmm. France in World War II the entire time what that looked like. And then there's these gods and goddesses that had this war long before. Um, and, and they kind of compel people to come to their sides. So Iris has a brother, Forrest, who got called to go. Um, and then it made Iris's mother so depressed. She drank and basically died. Um, she actually got ran hit by a car cause she was so drunk. And then, um, Iris is just trying to make ends meet. She's going out for this columnist position at the oath gazette. I believe it's the gazette. And so is, um, Roman. And during this time, they both have typewriters that are kind of magically enhanced. It's actually, two of the three typewriters and a long time ago it was like best friends had these enchanted typewriters so they could always write letters to each other well two of the typewriters belong to roman's grandmother and iris's grandmother who were friends they don't know this at this point they start exchanging letters and they put it in a wardrobe and then she thinks she's writing her brother at first but she's actually writing um to roman and she's kind of just writing to what whoever Basically, because she her brother's missing. She hasn't heard him on the front lines. It's like her dealing with trauma, basically. And then they kind of develop a love. And then they both go off to be war correspondents. Uh, they end up at the same place. And then they fall in love with each other. That's kind of the synopsis, I guess. Yay. Lots of other and things Roman, happen. And Roman turns into a pile <laughs> of wet cardboard. 
by the end. So loved that for him. So this book was <laughs> Enemies to Lovers. Um, my biggest thing with this is that it, I didn't really feel like Enemies to Lovers for me. Um, because where's the enemies? I think more <laughs> rivals to lovers yeah. than enemies. But even, even then, pretty much from the beginning, Roman is nice to her. Like, she thinks he's being mean, but he's, like, never really mean. He's never really mean to her the whole yeah. time. I, yeah. Like, never really. Like, he's, like, a little rude to her <laughs> once. And that's pretty much it. Like, basically, it's her just being a huge bitch and him being, like, God, I love that. <laughs> I love it. He's, <laughs> like, do it again. Yeah. Like, whenever I read, like, enemies to lovers or like rivals to lovers situation i expect for the guy to be morally gray at least in some point but roman is just a good guy (laughs) that's it like he's just a he's just a good person and like i don't know how i feel about that like it's weird for me to read a book where the main male love interest isn't at least a little bit of a heinous person. <laughs> so, if anyone's heinous, it's like me. his dad. His dad's kind yeah. of the piece of shit. Yeah. And, you know, I'm kind of... This is just more of a commentary on books in general. I'm kind of getting over this, like, my dad's evil and my mom is really sweet and soft. Like, I'm kind of over it a little bit. Like, we've done that, yeah. you know? And we need then, a new like, one. Yeah, like, the one person, their parents are dead, and the other person, their parents suck. Like, I, I don't know. There's something about Could it. Can someone have some like, normal parents? Yeah, I... I, um... It, it's I like they blame their trauma on shitty parents. Yeah. I didn't love that. I did love how the book started. Um, I loved the opening on the train station. I feel like we got to know Iris off the bat. And mm-hmm. her values, like, quick, very quickly, she was really clever in her writing. I felt like there mm-hmm. wasn't ever a time where I was bored by how Rebecca was describing the scene or describing people. Um, the, the storytelling was immaculate. The, like, insert mm-hmm. of the letters was so well done. Like, it really yeah. felt like there were just layers and layers and layers of the stories uh, of the story. Roman was so, like, smart and analytical, and he, like, figured out it was Iris right away. Iris is a dumbass. <laughs> this is the point of the story. <laughs> like, when you read the letters, you're like, how do you not realize who this is? Like, how can you not? She doesn't even have a fleeting thought. Like, he says, my middle yeah. name starts with C. She doesn't even think for a second. Like, this guy knows who I am. And his middle name starts with C. And I know a guy who knows who I am and his middle name starts with C. And he also was a writer. <laughs> doesn't he, She doesn't even think Crazy that for thing. one second. Um, no. She, yeah. He, his, so, yeah. <laughs> I'm... All that to say, I really like. I liked Iris a lot. I feel like she was a very realistic character. 
a lot of her decisions, like you can see her life spiral. And I would have probably done the same thing she did with becoming the war correspondent. Like I can see a very logical reasoning to where she ends up by the end of the story. I do think a lot of the time she was just really overreacting beyond what would be natural for her character. Like, there were a lot of times when something happened and she overreacted in such a way that considering her story thus far and how she's reacted to the world around her makes zero fucking sense. Like, how she reacted to Roman after she found out it was Roman made zero fucking sense at all. Mm -hmm. No sense. Like, she's, he literally just saved her life and she's like, I'm mad at you. Like, I hate third act breakups so much and that made me so mad. so mad i was like come on like you're not even going to give him the time of day she he literally just saved your life had to go through surgery in what seems like an era where surgery is not very common (laughs) maybe i don't know yeah like because i got the same vibes too it was giving me world war ii even though this took place like 40 years before 50 years before world war ii in a theoretical not real universe um it was like he obviously has been through it and he she throws the letters in his lap she's like i don't even want to look at you it's like shut the fuck up iris <laughs> you're being be so for real right now he almost died yeah seriously for you like she she leaves him there and he, the nurse is like he's you know, you're probably here because of him, or he's here because of you. And she's like, no, I'm here because of him. And then five seconds later, she's like, but fuck him. Like, come on. Girl. (laughs) Yeah, but that's, I I also felt like after the incident, um, I don't know if that bomb in the trenches knocked his screws loose, but it felt like after he woke up from the surgery, his brain fell out of his head. Like, he had zero contribution to the story after that point. None. Like, if it was giving me... It was, it was just really like Mary me. Iris. Yeah, that's it. I'm like, you're re- reminding me of a certain Rowan Whitethorn. Is who Roman Kit was giving me. Where he's like, <laughs> all I am now. All I am now is iris's husband that's all like that's that's rowan rowan's like and now i'm aelin's husband and that's his entire personalities he's like i'm gonna marry aelin and i'm gonna be aelin's husband and i'm a bird and that's roman he's like i'm a writer and i'm iris's husband now so i just felt like i just didn't the end of the story first of all the wedding to me felt so contrived sorry i'm talking a lot but i'm very irritated the the wedding i'm eating this up because this is hysterical (laughs) oh the wedding pissed me off so much because i'm like seriously wait the waiting until marriage thing is i do not like that trope at all i always it's one thing i liked about akatar was that feyre and reese weren't like virgins like i hated that whole thing like oh like oh i've never been with anyone and you're the only one i'm ever gonna be with like yeah there's a time and a place for that but honestly, I just was not in. I was just not into it. And um, well, I think the, historically, I can see her being one, but not him. He was rich. He had all these things. She was poor with a big brother. I highly doubt she was going on many dates. 
Yeah, you and know. I mean, I would have been. And if a guy did ask her like, out, her brother probably scared him off. That would make sense. I would have been fine with it if it was like we're just gonna do it. But they're like, we better get married. I'm just like seriously, yeah. you're about to die. And then they're like, they just have. They're like, we have all these flowers. We're gonna make this beautiful ceremony. It's like stop. It's so corny. I was just like, come on, like. I don't know. The whole time, too, they're like, something feels weird. I hate whenever the characters are like, something feels a little off, and I don't know. Like, that's nah, probably nothing. I'm like, stop. You're literally in the middle of a war right now. You're in a war zone. And you're like, something feels off, but I'm going to ignore it? Are we in the same situation right now? Like, am I, are we understanding the same thing right now? And then I hate... One thing that they were talking about it during the wedding scene and then after the wedding scene and the whole goddamn book where he's like, I can't help but feeling like as long as we're holding hands, nothing bad will happen. And I'm like, they're going to let go. of, And then Irish just keeps letting go of his fucking hand every five seconds. I'm like, stop. Stop. Stop, 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 stop. And she's like, wait here. Just wait right here. I'll be right back. Hey, could you wait right here? I'll be right back. Stop doing that, bitch. Stop doing that. I hate the let's let's split up. I'll be right back. Just stay right here. I'll be right back. <sighs> makes me so mad. It just makes me so mad because it's like that would be the last thing I would be doing with my injured husband. I wouldn't be like <laughs> plopping him on a crate and be, like, be right back. It's the most dumb thing. They go on this walk, bitch. He just injured his leg. <laughs> He just had surgery on his leg. I really want to go for a walk. <laughs> like their head, their what are they Tell them to walk it off. They'll be fine. Oh my god! Just like it was like after. I will say, based off of their life experience, like what did she think she was going to really contribute to this situation? I, and I do find that yeah, a lot in novels. Like it's not realistic whenever it comes to that. Like, you have zero skill here. Go sit down. Otherwise, you're just going to move people's way. I just Go don't wait by understand, your injured like, husband. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand, like, what... I don't know. I, ju- I just... For someone who also... Okay, also, I have to say this. Iris, at least, at the very least, for this whole situation, she throws up an appropriate amount. And I gotta hand it to her. Because Farah has watery bowels every 15 seconds. But Iris throws up, I would say an appropriate amount. She throws up like four or five times in the book. And, and every time that Iris threw up, I was like, you know what, girl? But it's after situations that make sense. Yeah, I'm like, okay, you know what? I This makes sense. I could have gone my whole life without ever needing to know that Feyre had diarrhea. However, I appreciated iris's throw up situation i I got it um and she also throws up in really good places like the potted plant i was like that was actually really smart iris um but like she's been in a war for a year because it's been one year since the war started and they have got an infirmary nailed down so fucking quick in this little podunk town like, I don't know that if I handed the town I'm from of 1,500 people and told them to make the school into an infirmary, that we would have a surgery 
unit set up within a year. I don't know that we would have that. So I got a props to this within little a, a little town because they really they had it figured out fast with because they had they performed a whole ass surgery on Roman and several others. Um, and Iris is very well adjusted considering the circumstances because I don't know that and and Roman I don't know that I could be 19 years old and there's only been a war going on since I was 18 years old and be like yeah I'm gonna get in there and like help staunch a wound with my bare fucking hands and like rip up bandages and help people and only throw up once so that was pretty impressive honestly (laughs) (laughs) so I don't know. I I really I don't. What do you think about the whole like gods and goddess aspect? I loved it. What it reminded me of was Bioshock Infinite, which is a video game that's kind of scary, but it's kind of got this like ah turn of the century type of vibe, and it's got like the god and goddess aspect. I really liked. I really liked it a lot because you know like during that time they're building all these like government buildings with like the gods on top. You know, like, holding the scales and all that. So that's kind of the vibe it was giving me. Is like, kind of this... I don't know. Very, like, governmental god situation. I want to know where the other three bitches are. I'm, I'm hoping I find out in the next book. Um, and I do feel like there's going to be some kind of more to the story. Um, is this only two books, or is it gonna be a trilogy do you know uh it's a duology just two Uh, see i don't know i don't know i i feel like there's more to the story with like the mythos which i love mythology i don't know you might have more thoughts about it because you know way more about mythology than i do um and that kind of stuff but i did feel it did feel very a cool spin on a historical type romance there's a um a book same type of era and vibe called the witch haven which is about a school for witches and it's based in 1920s new york city which is kind of a similar vibe to this and um i liked it but it was just like 1920 oh 1920s brooklyn like there was nothing really different about it Whereas this was like if you took that and then gave it a whole new religious system, which I really liked. It was very refreshing. It was a good in-between for me between fantasy and like a real, more realistic romance. So I liked it. So those are all my negative thoughts. I think that the, (laughs) that's all my negative thoughts. About like the gods and goddesses, I, I did hear some hate on it online. But I really liked it. it. Some people said, oh, her world building was lacking. And I was like, I don't think there was much of a world to build. As in, it was very similar to our world, just past tense. Um, but the magic system didn't have to be super explained. It didn't have, like, it integrated really wor- really well with kind of, like, uh, real life, I guess you could say. So I really enjoyed it and i think that she did great at building her own world i felt this like i could a see a high clear fucking picture fantasy. 
That's how yeah. I felt too. Like there, there was no need. I felt like the gods and goddesses were explained really well too. Um, I didn't get lost with them. I didn't, I felt like I understood all their roles and why they were all angsty against each other and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I, whenever I saw that with other people's reviews, I was kind of like, did we read the same book? Because I didn't, yeah. I didn't get that, any of those vibes at all. Whenever it came to like world building or understanding the gods and whatnot. Yeah. I feel like, okay, if you're going to read a series like Throne of Glass where it's like eight books long, you want to know what's going on with all the magic system. But even Mm -hmm. in this, we don't even know all the gods and their whole backstories. Like, we don't have that information. So how can you expect in a duology that is literally combined the size of one of these books to have the entire backstory? Like, I think that's totally unrealistic. I think some an appropriate feedback would be, and this was something I wrote down in my notes, the book was too short. I feel like yeah, that's fair agree. to say there the series, if it's a duology, the series should have been longer. I think that she had given, I wish she had given us more book to explain it. However, that's just not what this series is. Like not every series is going to satisfy every single itch that you've got. I had a lot of negative feelings about the book. I still gave it a four out of five. There were a lot of moments in the book that, like, 99% of the book was very satisfying to me. I don't feel like, personally, I need to know where, like, how the Big Bang in this universe happened. Like, I just need, like, the magic can be just because. Like, that's fine to me. Um, But it's like an... (sighs) No book is going to hit every single time. And not every book is going to be for you. Like, maybe Divine Rivals just isn't for you if you need to know this complex religious and magic system. But that's not ever what it is supposed to be. Like, Iris and Roman are just journalists. Like, (laughs) yes, they're not, like, they don't need to know everything. (laughs) Ending the war by swords and bombs and strapping grenades they're not warriors they're word warriors basically but i i will say i think it really matters when you come into these fantasy books of any kind it matters a lot what book you read prior so if you read a very heavy fantasy book and then you go into something like this it's like you already have like this prejudice kind of view or whatever that you're how are you going to do it or if i i notice with myself at least so i can't be alone i read both of these books after a high fantasy and I really enjoyed it because it was easy read. Like I yes. did Ruthless Vows um, after Hosab. No. Hofas. I was like, oh my god, I'm getting acronyms. And then I did Divine Rivals after, I think, Fourth Wing. It was Fourth yeah. Wing or Iron Flame. I think it was Fourth Wing. So for me... It was really nice. <laughs> Just I, kind feel, of I feel like <laughs> the one out. thing about Divine Rivals that I really, really loved is there nary a plot hole to be found. She, yeah. I feel like she patched that shit up. Her editor was working yeah. overtime. Because so like fourth, okay, for instance, fourth wing, magic system, a little bit hairy. Mm-hmm. Like the dragons have magic, but we can use the magic, but they can only use their magic through us. And we have to bond to them. And like, if I die, the dragon there's the too many the threads. Like, yeah. And so then there's like moments where something happens and you're like, but wait. And she's like, oh, but you can actually have double the magic. And you're like, oh, okay. Whereas, but wait, rivals, there's more. There's more. <laughs> <laughs> 
wait till you hear about this one. That's how books like like these high fantasies feel, where it's kind of like in Throne of Glass. I'm just using an example because I just finished it, where it's like, and she actually has no power, but then she has to die, but actually she can do this. It's like there's like all these loopholes and plot holes to jump through, whereas <laughs> Divine Rivals, the magic is just vibes. Yeah, <laughs> the magic. It's just what vibes. I was talking about. Like, um, it's like you go to a cafe and your cup's always getting refilled. Like it's simple. The magic mm-hmm. is integrated in daily life. Yeah, but it's not so integrated that everyone has magical powers. It's just like yeah, there's some magic here. It's whatever. It's just yeah. Ugh. It's like an afterthought of magic. It's just like a little you know? enchantment. Yeah. Which I can get with. And, like, there's no, like, I... The one thing I liked about that, I was going to say, is um, Roman is just some guy. Mm -hmm. And Iris is just some girl. Yes. And I really like that about them. Instead of it being like, I'm a helpless girl and I don't have anyone to take care of me because my whole family's dead. And then Roman's like, I'm a 500-year-old guy. (laughs) I'm the most powerful wizard of my time. Like, there's none of that. They're just two people. Yeah. <laughs> and I really yep. liked that. And I'm sure... I I made a note when I was reading that there's probably going to be some kind of lineage importance because of their gran- grandmothers and all that. But I love it as just their grandmas yeah. and not like this thousand-year-old lineage that... Well, I was half fae, and then it came down to... Like, it's not complicated. They're just... Their grandmas were friends. That's the story. I love that. They wanted to write some letters to each other back in the day. I'm like, I don't... That's all I need to think about right now. (laughs) I do think these books are very good to get into if you're not ready to take on something like Throne of Glass, Fourth Wing, whatever. Um... I think these are the perfect fantasy feel-good novels mm-hmm. with just enough of, like, fantasy, enough war, enough, you know, whatever to get you into it. I think this is going to be probably my new recommendation when people ask me where to start. Um, because so far, my recommendation has been Akatar, so, yeah. uh, Throne of Glass, whatever. And then if I'm like, well, what are, what books were you into? I was really into Harry Potter. Then I'm like, mm, maybe Fourth Wing might be a good option for you because Fourth Wing kind of has this dark academia Harry Potter vibe with like we're going to school and all that jazz. Um, the Witch Haven is also kind of like, it's like modernized adult Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really liked this. I liked this because it had just enough romance, tiny bit of spice sprinkled in. Another one of my notes was we could have done more with the spice. Maybe in the next book we will. I don't know. Uh, could have been hotter, but it's fine. Uh, lots of very beautiful romance. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, the romance was just excellently executed in this book. Like, I, my little heart was pitter-patter for <laughs> Roman Sea Kit. I will tell you that right now. Um with like the words and like them making each other read the letters out loud like i just i loved that um the war aspect wasn't too gory but it was also very realistic if Mm -hmm. if she really painted the picture of smelling it and seeing it and feeling it um and it was the magic system doesn't feel so whimsical that somebody couldn't get into it 
Mm-hmm. So I do feel like it would be a really good recommendation for new readers who are trying to get into the romanticy genre, but they want that, you know, tie-in of familiarity. But I don't know. There were things about it that I wish had been expanded upon more. I wish that the book was a little bit longer. Because I love world building. I love religious systems. I don't really care about the magic so much as I want to know more about this Enva. Whatever. Um, but I I loved the vibes. The vibes were vibing so excellently. I will say, I think she's a beautiful just writer in general. Mm-hmm. The words she chooses. I feel like a lot of people write to write. And then there's people who choose words very carefully, like they're walking thesauruses, basically. And so the words she chose for Roman to say and the words she chose for Iris to say were very calculated. Um, And I enjoyed them a lot and I savored them. So far, there's been very few books like, you know, we're huge SJM fans. SJM can build a world like nobody Mm-hmm. nobody that I've ever read before besides maybe Tolkien you know um or like C.S. Lewis Chronicles of Narnia type stuff like that's like the level of world building that I think is just so great and I'm probably gonna get hate for that but I don't care don't care I will take that period I'll, I will die on the hill for that and I will bring receipts but SJM doesn't have shit on the way that Rebecca Ross chooses her words to describe mm-hmm. things and make you feel things while you're reading it yeah it's a lot different SJM makes you fall in love with her characters, so when things happen to her characters, you're emotionally invested. But Rebecca Ross makes you fall in love with, like, everything. And yeah. I think that she's a very beautiful writer. I cannot agree more. Her The dual POV was so stark. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you really felt the shift between Iris and Roman and how they perceive their world. Like, you could almost feel how he was taller. You could feel how yeah. he moved through the world differently than her. I was also going to say, you know what it really reminded me of? Um, was a lot of Dramini fan fiction. And I'm a big Dramini fanfic girl. Love a Dramini fanfic. And Roman was really giving me Draco vibes. Like mm. hardcore. And the way that he moves through the world in this very analytical, cold, clinical observation but also with a depth of emotion that is very telling of a life that has not been easy and that's how a lot of fan fiction writers write from draco's perspective and so i'm like rebecca i don't know if you've written draco hermione fan fiction but you definitely should and iris really gave me hermione vibes very much the person with the plan Mm-hmm. Um, always the sacrificing one, always the one left alone. Um, and obviously with like kind of the wavy hair and being poor and the dark academia vibes and the plaid skirts, it was really reminding me of Hermione. Um, and this rivalry that's not a real rivalry, and the tension is there from the beginning, and it just mm-hmm. really reminded me of Hermione fan fiction. So okay, end of the book. Forrest comes back. Again, I, I, I just hate separation tropes where it's like we start over where we began. It's actually something I didn't like about um, Serpent and the Wings of Night where it's like we kind of start where we left off 
now you gotta like romance again like i i'm like we already fucking did this once like fourth wing was like that where it's like we're back where we fucking started mm. where it's like we don't trust each other again i am i'm so sick of, can we just keep continue on in the progression of the story like why do we have to go backwards and redo this shit again so i already know my prediction for the second book you don't have to tell me if i'm right or wrong but i'm pretty sure instead of roman trying to win over iris it's gonna be iris trying to went over Roman and then I don't know what's gonna happen. Forrest is probably gonna die. I can't see him making it to the end. I think probably her friend's gonna die. Or um what's her name? The the owner of the Airbnb. There there's no way this bitch is dying. Like or living. She's dying. There is no way. Bitch is dying. Her wife's dying, Helena. If they all live to the end, I'm gonna be shocked. Because this book is not giving me everybody lives vibes. It's giving me most people die vibes. <laughs> so. If you wanted a happy ending, you can't have it. <laughs> no, it's not the vibe I'm getting. From We all need to pay authors. Let's all huddle in. Do we need therapy, guys? Instead of just yes. writing these books? Because every single book I've read recently has just had the saddest fucking ending imaginable. <laughs> No happy ending. Everybody's dead. Good night. Close book. I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay, guys. That's enough. That's enough of that. Some, um, some Colleen Hoover, I think. Yeah. No. I will go to the grave before I read a Colleen Hoover book. <laughs> I'd rather be struck by a car. Um... And that's, that's no judgment to the Colleen Hoover girlies. It is a judgment on myself because I can't read modern romance unless there's a hockey puck involved. So, <laughs> I love how babies like waddle. I know. She's like, give me some snacks. Can I have a snack? Well... What I think do we do any... need to do a Colleen Hoover book just for fun. We could do. We could do. <laughs> They're short. We could do Verity, and that is the only one I will do. Okay, I'm fine with that. I I would shoot myself before. I'm not putting this in the pot. I will shoot myself before I read it with us. <laughs> I cannot do it. I think that's it's... the one I have, but I've had it for like three years and never read it. No way. I do want to read. Okay, so now we've both read the whole Massiverse. Mm-hmm. We should read. We should read Catwoman. <laughs> I think. I think we should do it. We should review Catwoman. We'd be like Sarah. What are we doing? <laughs> Sarah, what the fuck is this? I really want to. I want to read it. Um. Oh, that's funny. But do you have any more thoughts about the first one? I know you're probably holding no. it in. I, yeah, it's really hard to not overlap them. And so I'm just like, mm-hmm. don't say anything. Don't fucking say anything. I'm just so far in, in Ruthless Vows. I'm just like, like, I get, I just get so irritated. She's like, I don't want to upset my brother if I go back to the warfront. I'm like, bitch, shut up. <laughs> Why? How have, you, how have you been here? 
for two weeks. Like, I just can't, like, if my husband was, like, mysteriously disappeared, like, you're, you, without hesitation, went to the war front for your brother, but then, like, your husband, you're like, I just don't know what to do. Like, go. Go. There would be nothing standing in my way. I would be like, skirt, skirt, dakra, or dakra, whatever, dakra, could put me in the hole. Throw me down there. <laughs> Throw me in the hole. Skin. <laughs> <laughs> Throw me down the well. <laughs> put me down in that well, please. Um, Forrest is acting like a real zombie, and I just don't like it. I just don't care for it. Um, and I don't know. I just, I'm not getting pleasant, pleasant vibes about the second book. And nobody warned me about that. Nobody warned me. I told everybody, I said, I'm going straight from CC3 into Kingdom of Ash, right into Divine Rivals. That's because you're people crazy. Were like, people were like, oh, that's going to be so good. It's not. It's I not good. Like, what are we doing? What are we reviewing after Divine Rivals? Um, we might need a palate cleanser. I think we do need a palate cleanser. Or, or is that, or is it, oh, that's blood and ash. <laughs> that would be a fun one, though. Yeah, I'm not rereading it. This is all based no. off of what I read like three years ago. So. This is pure vibe. I might read A Soul of Blood and Ash. I might do it. It's so bad. I, I finally love... found other people on social media that didn't like it. And I was like, oh, I'm not alone. Oh, there's a whole, there's a whole underbelly of book talkers who want Poppy Belfort to stop asking stupid fucking questions. Dude. And I'm one of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's the powerfulness for me. I just don't understand. I just don't understand. I just more powerful. And then guess what? Now I'm a god. And guess I'm... what? I'm actually a prime now. I am Batman. Oh, and guess what? I'm actually more powerful than all the primes. It's like, where do you go from But here? I couldn't escape out of a castle my entire life. My dad's, like, kind of a leopard. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> but he's also not, but he also is. Yeah. My life's pretty crazy. So, how about that three-way? <laughs> the worst, the worst threesome I've ever read in my life. Anyway, we're getting into it, but... <laughs> I've read a lot of threesomes now, and that's not even in my top ten. I might go reread just that scene so I can talk shit about it. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you the whole scene. I don't know where his skin ended and mine began. That's the whole, the whole scene. I think that's, that's something medically wrong. Yeah. It's all flesh in the dark should have been, like, the, um, tagline of that whole book. Because it's just, like, the most underwhelming threesome scene I've ever read in my life. I've read a lot. I've read some so weird. weird ones. Court of the Vampire Queen had way better, way better threesomes than... Way better, like, tensums. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would rather read Court of the Vampire Queen smut. She should have copied and pasted the Katie Roberts smut into the middle of the book. Because holy shite, if you can't write a threesome scene, maybe don't lead up to it for four books. That would be my advice. I just also <laughs> felt like 
the wolf guy, whatever his fucking name, Kieran. Kieran. I was like, I don't remember. Kieran didn't even want it that bad. Like, I didn't feel no. like he was really in it. He's and I was like, like, am I reading this wrong? No, it was like JLA. Like ten minutes before she wrote the threesome scene, was like, oh shit, I have to make Kieran sexually attracted to Poppy. This is gonna work. <laughs> He's like, and, he, and she's at her computer, like, oh yeah, and also his dick was super hard. <laughs> it was pretty much that whole third book. There's like one good tension scene between the three of them in the second book where I was like, this would be awesome. And then I'm like, here we go, here it comes, here it comes. It was so boring. I've never read a threesome scene and thought to myself, that was so anticlimactic. <laughs> never. Even though they're five next. <laughs> yeah. I, they might not have, frankly. <laughs> um, I, it was boring. I've never it read it. It felt like a fan fiction reader insert to me. Yeah, I've read better fan fiction. <laughs> it was just so pathetic. It was so <laughs> pathetic. Um, and the rest of her smut is so good. So I was like, JLA, what was going on with you, babes? What was happening that day? If you didn't want to write a threesome scene, just say it. She, she writes books so fast, though, too. Yeah, I think that's probably a lot of the... Pro her repertoire is like... I actually have another one of her series, um, White Hot Kiss, on my TBR for this year because I want to know, is this a standalone issue that I have with JLA? Or is this just her writing in general that I'm just not vibing with? Yeah. Because I really loved the first two Blood and Ash books. But we'll get into that in a couple episodes. So if you're ready to hear all of our thoughts about um, Blood and Ash, we're going to take Blood and Ash to court here in a couple weeks. And uh, I'm going to be its defense lawyer. <laughs> and <laughs> Jess is going to come at me with all of this, the sins of this book series. Because they're, some of them I'm probably going to agree with, but I'm going to fight to the gloss. I don't know if you're going to win that. I'm not. I already know I'm going to lose. <laughs> Once we get to War of Two Queens, it's over. <laughs> You'd be like, Listen, I, don't, I, just, I don't know. <laughs> we should talk about the prequels, too, that week. Oh, yeah. The horrifying prequels. Daddy, Daddy Nikos. That'd be like me saying Daddy Zeus. <laughs> Daddy, what the? Where are we right now? trying to break in my office right now um i thought that was arden <laughs> no my cat's like uh i guess that's i guess that's it for yeah, me so next next week we're gonna do ruthless vows and we'll see we'll see how you feel then i know i really want it i want to like it so bad yeah so rating i'm a 4.8 out of 5 that's an insane rating from Jess. I fucking love this. I really love this book. Was it that before you even read Ruthless Vows? Or do you think Ruthless Vows? Yeah, this is only Divine Rivals. Okay. Divine Rivals was like, uh, if I give it a point, like a point something, it'd probably be a 4.5 out of 5 for me. Yeah. There were just a few, like, I just hate the separation trope. I find it to be so overused. And for an author who used so many literary tactics I've never seen before, it felt a little lazy in the third act to have this separation. But 
I'm really trying to trust the process and I'm sure that after I read the second book, my rating will probably change because it usually does. Um, but for now, I'm even with I'm like so far into Ripless Vows, it's still a 4.5 for me. So, we'll see. <laughs> well, I give out five stars like they're candy. So, that's my toxic trait. I feel like we haven't really rated anything bad on this. Well, I've rated bad books on my own, on my own TikTok, but... The Blood Nash episode is coming, so... Can I negative rate a book? Yes. Oh, my God. I'll, I'll, I'll do each one, because each one, I think, does deserve separate ratings. I will yes. say that. Oh, every... Yeah. I, look, each of her books are like different children. The first yeah. child is always the best one. one. Yeah. Yeah. I, the first one was a five out of five for me. The rest of the books just slowly descend into madness. <laughs> I was really, I think what what eats me about those books is that I read the first one and I really enjoyed it. There was still some things that bothered me. Don't get me wrong. Some red flags. But I was like, it's fine. It's fine. And I was just coming off of SJM, Agatar, And I bought all the rest of her books that were out at the time. Mm -hmm. And hardbacks. Bought them all at once. And then it was like, where the fuck is this going? How much money I just fucking spent on this bullshit? Oh, no. I just spent a fucking car payment on these books, and then we're going to talk about Daddy Nikos? Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. And I got a little bitter. Yeah, I think that I read, well, I read the first Agatar book, and then I uh, hated it, so I didn't read the rest of Agatar for like six months, and just read Blood and Ash. And then I, by the end of that series, I was like, do I hate reading? <laughs> <laughs> Am I mistaken? Maybe this isn't for me. <laughs> Am I mistaken? Have I made reading my personality my whole life and actually it's not my personality? And then I read Agamath and I was like, no, the books were just awful. That's why. Got that's it. I got it. Um, <laughs> literally, that's what happened to me. So, um, JLA, if you're listening, please don't. Um, <laughs> Save that episode. <laughs> maybe. Um, cause it's going to be probably pretty brutal. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Um, but all that to say, Ruthless Vows next week. And then, um, we'll do that. And then I think we're going to take a little break for like a week. Um, mm -hmm. and come back with season two. Can you believe we're almost done with season one? That's crazy. Look at <laughs> us. <laughs> we're so cool. Until next time. That's it from us. Peace out. Every, Every time. time. <laughs> well, hi, lords and ladies. That is it for this episode of Wine and Wingspan. Make sure you're following us on TikTok, Instagram, and everywhere you listen to podcasts at Wine and Wingspan Pod. Have a book you'd like us to talk about or a hot take you want us to break down? Send us all your opinions to wineandwingspanpod at gmail.com. May your glass be full and your wingspans be long. <laughs> <laughs>